Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC's Mixtape Volume 123. Did you know that the final day of this calendar year will be 123123? That's 123123. That's right. This is Volume 123 of the NFC East Mixtape, which you can listen to on any one of your favorite NFC East blog podcast networks across the SB Nation universe. You can also watch us on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel, or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. I, RJ Ochoa, am back. In my normal office, he, Brandon Lee Gowden, is, um, I think he was there last week as well. Uh, BLG, were you sitting exactly right there last week when we recorded? Sitting exactly where we are. I'm going to crack open that beer here, RJ. That can opening was not as satisfying as I wanted it to be. Really? Um, yeah. What is it? It's not. Is it a, so BGN Radio is a hey, sponsor let me guess, beer. Let me, let me guess. It's an IPA. You're an IPA guy. I can totally see that. No. Uh, BGN Radio is a sponsored beer called Wrong Crowd brewing or beer company which everyone should check out especially pa wrong crowd beer but the, the nfc mixtape nfc east mixtape not officially oh, sponsored by them. you did the mistake that everybody does yeah not officially word. sponsored by them so i'm drinking a different beer here on this podcast i had a wrong crowd beer on bgn radio earlier today it actually is a double ipa i didn't pick that out on purpose of course, this happens of to course. be look at the can though it's a, it's a good can not, not a strawberry, strawberry strawberry jams jam you know, I saw a blueberry beer um, the other day on the internet, and I thought, like, I don't know if that would be good, but I'd be willing to try it. Um, we're getting close to the the dog days of summer, I suppose. Um, and so, if you've never had, I guess I'll ask you, have you ever had Leinen Kugel's Sunset Wheat, Brandon? Uh, I've had the brand. I've not had that specific kind. Uh, it's very good. Uh, I discovered it in college. And so when you discover something like what I'm about to tell you in college, it's like the only thing you want to do because you just think you're the like most cool person in the world um it, it, i think it's amplified with a with an orange slice but it tastes just like fruity pebbles um so if you're looking for that wow. kind of taste line and kugel's sunset wheat comes with the arjo choa you're saying sunset wheat specifically let me write this down okay yeah i i don't know if i can spell line and kugel's they're not a, a sponsor either but l-e-i-n-e-n-k-u-g-e-l I, I know yeah i know yeah. enough to know yeah okay so line and kugel's sunset wheat i promise you tastes like fruity pebbles okay um it is uh we normally record at 11 12 ish uh central uh eastern whatever uh on tuesdays it is tuesday august 8th but if y'all are wondering like holy crap blg's on his second beer of the day it's three o'clock central it's four o'clock eastern so he's had a full work day uh in case uh you know anybody has any questions or qualms or concerns uh we have a lot to get to uh today it is the first full week of the preseason we're recording this brandon on the day that hard knocks premiere so it is fully absolutely football season once again uh, very, very fun. Uh, lots of Eagles takeaways to get to, of course. Cowboys, I'm back from Cowboys camp. Um, there have been some joint practices with the New York Giants that have not gone well for a few of them that mm. we'll obviously get to. And man alive, this is maybe the most excited I've ever been to talk about the Washington Commanders uh, based <laughs> on what happened 
earlier today for you and I. Uh, but we, of course, start with the reigning division champions, and that uh, are, that is, the Eagles of Philadelphia. Um, Jalen Hurts, through what I saw described as wow. a horrible, had a horrible throw uh, that was picked off by Reed Blankenship on Tuesday afternoon. Can you explain how Jalen Hurts is clearly going to collapse uh, as an NFL quarterback in 2000? Yeah, he just rolled out to his right and kind of just surprisingly underthrew Quez Watkins. It was weird. Jalen Hurts usually doesn't really have issue with arm strength, I would say. Kind of just a weird play, but Reed was the throw on throw. the move, or had he like stopped? He was on the move. He, okay. Well, I'm pretty sure well, he had rolled out right at some point. I don't know if he was rolling still as he was throwing, but he did roll out right uh, anyway. Uh, to not address your BS question, Jalen Hurts voted the third best player in the NFL by his peers. Chris Jones said something to the effect of that was the best performance in a, a Super Bowl by a quarterback that he's ever seen. Chris Jones, notably teammates with Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah, I mean, that's also funny because uh, Carson Wentz, who was in the news recently, as you know, uh, was also number three in after the 2017 season. So that was follow. So, that was five years ago, exactly, right? That was the 2018 list. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be Carson Wentz and follow that trajectory, but it does speak to the point we've talked about before of like, you just you have to stack the good years, like because there's there's quarterbacks who can't have a good season and things go weird after that, and you would never expect it, and I'm not expecting that, but that's the thing, you don't expect it. So I feel good about Jalen Hurts. I think he's at a good camp overall. Still, been kind of cool after a hot start, um, but the big news really in Philly, RJ. If we want to look at teams' different concerns, I guess I, I didn't have so much a concern for the Giants, although can I guess it? Because I. I... I do think this is valuable because this is like this mm -hmm. is what other people view the team's concerns to be. And you can tell us whether that's accurate mm -hmm. or not accurate. Um, I think the concern right now, if you have to pick one, is the depth at linebacker. N'Kobe right. Dean, I saw your tweet on Tuesday. What is mm -hmm. he, I'm not being facetious. He's missed four uh, practices in a row. Something missed like that. four out of eight team drills. So he, he started gotcha. the day, but he couldn't par participate in team drills. So he's missed basically half of training camp in terms of team drills mm -hmm. at this point. And that's especially significant for like, it's one thing. So James Badbury missed some time as well. He's actually back now, but like James Badbury is 30 years old. He's an established player. Yeah. Has a new need, contract. Like, yeah. It's not the same thing. He doesn't need right. these reps at cornerback. Kobe Dean is going from backup to starter year one to year two. Also not only like playing more, but is the signal caller of the defense. He's the green dot. So he's getting the defense lined up. That feels like a position where you would especially like to get some, the, as many reps as you can for the sake of even just like communicating with your teammates and everything and, and the cerebral part of the game. So it's not like press the panic button. The season's over, but it's certainly not ideal. And also I think before he got hurt, he wasn't looking didn't look bad, but he didn't look great. So that's not a deal. Eagles sign miles Jack and Zach Cunningham. I don't think it's like, wow, these guys are great and they're going to be stars at the position. It's more of a, okay, we're not great at this spot, admittedly so, but we're going to throw more options at the wall to see if something sticks here. And it's not like, again, these are looking for a playmaker, um, game changer at this position as they're just looking for competency. And I mean, it says a lot about the Eagles roster that you can single out a position like this and it's underwhelming but they're trying to do things to address it but they're pretty strong elsewhere yeah um i saw i don't know which insider it was it might have been the interact reporter mike garofolo uh one of their tweets about the news and it was something to the effect like i i'm, I'm paraphrasing but it was like 
Well, this doesn't mean that Nicobe Dean sucks. You know, like it was it was very clearly like a like a message mm-hmm. from the and I'm I'm not like bagging on the Eagles for that, but like it was very clearly like a, a positive spin, um, you know, from the insider in question. Um, and it's okay. Like it's it's just okay to admit that like maybe it's not working out. And I think that that's um I know this sounds really negatively slanted towards the Eagles. I don't mean it that way, but kind of like how you talked about, like it's important to stack the good years when you're talking about Jalen. Like mm-hmm. it's important to remember, like not everything that looks genius is genius. And maybe Nicobe Dean turns out to be a fine player. You know what I mean? But like when that but... happened, it, it was like, Oh man, here they go. You know what I mean? And like, so turns out everybody passing on him may have been for a reason. We'll see the jury definitely still out on that, but um, the acquisition, uh, of two linebackers certainly doesn't help his case. But you've been honest about that all offseason long. Like when we did the All-Star teams, you were like, yeah. there's no real off-ball linebackers to, you know, really well, consider from the Eagles. In the NFL in general, like how many good off-ball linebackers are there? You think about like Fred Warner, okay, Demario Davis and the Saints is another one I think is pretty good. I'm missing Van Der Esch. I'm, yeah, but you're not putting him up there with Fred Warner. No, 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 but he's one of the best, which is to the point like there aren't a lot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're pretty it's thin a, position around the right. league. So yeah. that's why I don't think it's like great. It's not like, oh my gosh, the Eagles are weak at linebacker. It's this disastrous thing. It's like, it's not ideal. But the fact that you're able to bring in more guys like this, Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham, look, they haven't been amazing in recent years, but they're credible starters. They're, they're like actual legitimate NFL players who that you have to play them. Yeah. Who, who might at the very least give you like some kind of replacement level play as opposed to being like total liabilities or just getting crushed and you can't even actually like, realistically play them snaps with, without being totally embarrassed so you know it's fine it's what harry roseman does he continues to tweak the roster throughout training camp and that's kind of just how it goes for him so that's the kind of negative percolating um i saw some of the responses to the hertz uh interception tweet where they were like great to see blankenship doing this like it, that was the like positive like mm-hmm. um you've been on blankenship's corner for a little bit um yep. has he taken a bit of a step also what is the status of jordan davis that was you know kind of yep. the, like the big old deal like have we really kind of seen everything coalesce along the defensive line i think jordan davis i'm not ready to say he's making this huge jump from year one to year two but i think he was on a positive trajectory last season before he got hurt you know the injury came at a really bad time for him because the eagles were only using him exclusively and five-man fronts early in the 2022 season and against the Steelers they finally were using him in four-man fronts for the first time it's like yes we're seeing Jordan Davis in this new role and then he gets hurt hurts his ankle and it's like no this is bad timing and then after that I don't think he was like fully healthy when he came back and then he was competing for snaps with Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph at that point so it seemed like he was on a good trajectory and things went haywire there I think he's been okay in camp I don't think he's been like dominant uh the Eagles need more out of him in year two when you lose Javon Hargrave so and Jalen Carter what just the the status that's I was just following up oh yeah I mean Carter is also I think a guy who I'm more interested to see in the preseason games I think I don't know if that's a guy who like you know goes all out in practice and signs in that setting as much as someone like Nolan Smith does um, and also defensive tackle. I just think it's a position maybe where you get a better sense of that when they're actually playing the games and you can actually tackle and whatnot. So, um, you know, on the whole, Eagles training camp has been relatively uneventful, which I think I talked about last week. That's like a thing you want. You don't want to be having a lot of dramatic storylines and and team drama and whatnot. They've been pretty boring in a good way. Um, yeah, 
it's it's not good for podcasting though because now we're talking about my, it and it's not really exciting or fun my last question um <laughs> you mentioned uh nolan smith i saw i read um that he got work at off ball linebacker which again kind of speaks to like we're willing to try everything so again not like sound the alarms on the kobe dean but like that is a legitimate cause for concern as evidenced by basically everything else that the team is doing what is this I, I read that nolan smith was worked at off ball linebacker at one oh well i mean not like not to the point where he spent the whole practice there like they put him right. there for some snaps and i think that's fair to experiment with because he's so athletic one thing I noticed about Nolan Smith today that it's not like shocking, but like really stood out in practice today when I was there, he's hard to block. And I guess maybe you can relate to that with Micah Parsons, Parsons at some level where these, un, and like Von Miller, these undersized pass rushers, like one of the things they have going for them is they're not massive and they don't have that size and that can work against them in some respects. But when the offensive tackles like can't get their hands on them because there's not a lot of space there to like put the hands on them, that can work to their advantage. And Nolan Smith's crazy athletic. I'm really interested to see what role he plays this year. You know, he's, he's going to be rotating, so it's not like he's a starter or anything, but I think he's going to be a very interesting player to see how they deploy him uh, as, you know, will they put him at off-ball linebacker at times? I mean, they could have him rush from there. It's not even like he has to drop and do traditional things. Mm -hmm. So um, intriguing for sure. Um, yeah, that's all I've got. The Eagles visit the Ravens on Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That is a nationally televised game. Um, it's on NFL Network. Um, how many NFL Plus commercials have you seen? Uh, none. You haven't seen a commercial like that's everywhere I look. Like every like ad on the internet is for NFL Plus. No. So I mean, maybe okay. I mean I just maybe I just am totally. You're making so the podcasting to difficult today. Jeez, uh, I'm trying to have some fun. You're really like, uh, what? Uh, what? What's happening in the conversation? Not a lot of juice. Not a lot of juice to Eagles training camp. Uh, well, wow. Sounds like they're only winning three games this year. You heard it from Brandon Lee. Got that is on the not what I said. Um, any other Eagles takeaways before we move on? I mean, I think part of what makes camp boring for this team is that the good players are looking good. So it's like AJ mm -hmm. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts. They've all looked good. So it's an offensive line. Looks good. DeAndre Swift is doing good things. Rashad Penny running well. Like, But none of that is surprising. So that's kind of not the most – like how do you write well – I think AJ Brown's going to have a good year. Like, okay, yeah, duh. Like, and so everyone's expecting. I think it's going as expected, which is a good thing for them. Mm, okay. Very chalk for the Philadelphia Eagles so far. Um, okay. The Dallas Cowboys uh, also play on Saturday. It is a 4 p.m. Central kick. Uh, it's a home game for them, but then Wait, they're headed on. back to Oxnard. Eagles, Ravens. I've totally forgot. The Ravens have that preseason pre winning streak, right? Like, oh, I just, like, yeah. Yeah. It's like 17 in a row or something. Yeah. I don't know or, exactly what it is. It's like a crazy. I'll look that up. Hang on. Let me look it up. Uh, okay. you, you look it up. Um, yeah. Can the Eagles, that's a huge storyline. Can the Eagles end the Ravens? I mean, does that matter at all? Obviously not. But would it like kind of be fun to be the team that does it? Sure. Like that's as far as like meaning goes in the preseason, which is pretty meaningless. Do you want to be the team that defeats the team that doesn't lose in the preseason? Sure. Why not? Um, okay, so it is 23 games uh, that they have won right. in yeah. a row. They last lost a preseason game on September 3rd, 2015. Oh my um, gosh, so, that's crazy! Holy crap! Uh, so yeah, that so, is like that's that's incredible. That's really bizarre because it's just it like, is the, the preseason. It is the record. So random. 
in case anybody knows, um, I, I mean, they've they've held that record for a long time now because the previous record was the Packers uh, from 1959 through 1962, uh, who held it at 19 games. Um, the second longest active streak, by the way, uh, belongs to the Buffalo Bills. They have won nine consecutive preseason games. Um, if you're curious, uh, the Ravens are 20 and three against the spread <laughs> in, in that span as well. That's, so they the, haven't that's, come. that's really good. That's really, strong. I know. Um, and if you care, um, about that particular element, this is, uh, according to Fox sports, so their sports book, uh, they are, uh, six point favorites. The Ravens are on saturday mm. so maybe, maybe yeah bulletin like board material on <laughs> on the ravens for the fun of either i win or the eagles were the team that knocked them off finally uh the most recent win so the final preseason game last year for the ravens was against the commanders so um you know one nfc's team couldn't do it okay uh the cowboys uh will play the jacksonville jaguars and dougie p on dougie saturday p. afternoon it's at four o'clock um, like I was saying, it's a rare thing. Um, it, it's a home game for the Cowboys. They normally play their first preseason game on the West Coast because they're out in Oxnard, but uh, oh, okay. they're heading back. Um, and then they'll you know head back to California. They're kind of treating it like a road game. Um, then heading back to California, a Metallica concert uh, or sequence of concerts has complicated matters at AT and T Stadium next week. Um, is it one? Sure, that's yeah, yeah that's a great one. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Hey, I, I I know a little about everything. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of my my. That is definitely like, true. I, uh, yeah. you, you know a little about everything. You're right. Yeah. Um. So anyway, emphasis on little. Um, so since we last spoke, uh, by the way, as we are speaking, Jerry Jones, uh, for I, what I think is like the fourth time this training camp is on NFL Network. Uh. So, um, they just have just sort of permanently set up um at the River Ridge uh, NFL Network has. But uh, since we last spoke, Malik Hooker got a long term deal with the Cowboys, a new one. Um, yeah. just an incredible deal really only bumped, uh, up his cap number this year, about $500,000, uh, has had a resurgence, um, in his NFL career in general was a first round pick of the Colts in 2017, obviously, um, and really kind of turned into an awesome center fielder for the Cowboys. I think that does, uh, if you're looking long-term spell the end in all likelihood of J Ron curse, uh, because mm. you got Malik Hooker making big ish money. You got Donovan Wilson making big ish money and J Ron curse was on the final year of his deal, but obviously anything could change. Um, since we last spoke to the crazy Dak Trayvon stupid narrative thing happened, thank God oh, that's over. Wow. Oh, um, it's stupid. It's, it's okay <laughs> when like Reed Blankenship picks off Jalen Hurts. Oh no, I was saying that I was saying that sarcastically because I, I'm so annoyed with the Dak Trayvon thing. Like, and I said that I thought it was very obvious that the, the my Jalen Hurts thing was very sarcastic. Um, it is funny how fans just like be like, "Well, this means Trayvon hates Dak." It's like, <laughs> okay, I'm sure, yeah. It's really dumb. Actually, we're recording this the day that LaShawn McCoy uh, was out at Cowboys camp. So I'm sure there will be something uh, to come of that. But did uh, say the Cowboys are looking good. Said top three team in the league in terms of talent. They really are kind of taking turns at this point. Like the defense has a day. The offense has a day. Um, somebody pops. Somebody else pops. Uh, we talked obviously last week about kind of initial takeaways. I was halfway through my week at that point in time. Um, my My biggest takeaway and i'm super happy that most people have finally come around on the dumb mccarthy run the ball mm -hmm. comment i've spent a lot of energy trying to uh help change the the winds of narrative on that front um but yeah i i think the only like kind of silly thing percolating through the air at this point is the like will the cowboys bring zeke back that's the only thing that still has some legs to it in terms of storylines um which will happen obviously <laughs> 
I, you were the first person I ever heard um, like put that out into the ether. So if it, I, I mean, if I fully it, believe it. It's not even a bit. Like I fully believe that's going to happen until I see something otherwise. Remember all that time ago when he was aiming to sign to the team. Oh, the it's like at the, at the at the it was at the end of next week. Like the report was like on a Thursday, and it was like at the end of next week, and that was like in March. Back in like March, um, and it was like he wants to go to the Bengals, Eagles, or I forget another team. The Jets, the Jets. I think. Yeah. yeah, as well. Yeah. Well, he did uh, have a visit with the Patriots at least, like recently. Um, he something did. That's, that's great. Something that's been like some catnip for Cowboys fans, and that we discussed in past tense for the listener, but in future tense for me, because it will be later tonight in real life for me. Um, on our blog on the boys roundtable uh the cowboys have been using leighton vanderish at edge which is unique i kind of talk about the nolan smith playing you know like i, I think that there the is opposite. this the opposite yeah there, that's smith. what i'm saying like there is this category of like positionless football now on defense like we see all these like safety linebacker hybrids now they're like really like positionless linebackers like you know that like who like you mentioned it a minute ago like who is your true classic off ball only linebacker in the nfl i mean because even fred warner who you mentioned like rushes the pass for a lot um, so that's cool. I mean, it is interesting to see. Uh, Micah Parsons gave Leighton his flowers in an interview with ESPN, talked about how it was important to bring him back and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, the defense is is kind of – the vibes are good. I mean, like, make the jokes you want. Like, oh, yeah, Cowboys going to the Super Bowl this year. I've heard that before. But, like, the vibes are very, very, very good uh, with everybody involved. No real injuries. Uh, I was asked um, – so, actually, uh, let me find the tweet here because it was important. Uh, if you can buy me a second here, Brandon, please. Yeah, I had two questions when you're done that I had okay, based I on. So first of all, shout out to Stephen Lee, uh, Stephen underscore Lee 20, who tweeted on Monday night. The NFC East mixtape quickly became one of my favorite shows. I also, didn't it... let's be clear here. Didn't tag anyone. Tell you tagged the right, podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was... Honestly, you should. I'd like to, you to do that if you're complimenting yeah. the podcast. So we definitely see it. But Stephen's a real one. It's just like. He did a sub tweet, but in a positive way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Uh, so to your he, point, he wasn't looking for like attention. A glory for this. Right. Yeah. So the second line Stephen wrote was, "I didn't think it was possible to like a Cowboys fan." And then in parentheses, "My dad's one, and I don't like him as a result." Um, and then he said, "But RJ is cool." And to your point, he just wrote RJ like he didn't tag me at all. Um, so I appreciated like you know being told that I was cool indirectly. Uh, but nevertheless, Dave Hinden on Twitter um, at Dave Hinden. Uh, responded to the tweet because I said forever love to the mixologist, a name that I know you hold near and dear to your heart. Um, so Dave said to me, you brushed past the Zach Martin situation last week, but would like to hear your thoughts and feelings when you record this week's episode. Those fines really adding up interesting situations as holdouts are so rare. So first of all, kind of in the like neighborhood of dumb storylines. Um, so once the holdout reached 10 days, the Cowboys are, are finding him 50,000. Like this was what this is known. Like this is like known information, like that players will be fined $50,000 a day. So once it, we had reached 10 days, like quick math here, that mm -hmm. was half a million dollars, uh, wow. which was a funny number um, for you and I in an offline conversation earlier today. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, so um, so like, was talking about how much money he owes me. Uh, mm. So that like that day, the 10th day, somebody was like, oh, the Cowboys have fined Zach Martin $500,000. So this becomes this like massive headline, like, oh, man, like he's being fined 500. It's like, yeah, well, like duh. it happened like, overnight. Like, yeah, like <laughs> it was so stupid. Um, so while I acknowledge it's a lot of money to all except Brandon Lee Gotten, um, I remain unconcerned. If we get through the preseason and this is completely and totally like zero progress has been made from this point to then. I will start to panic a little bit, but this really does just kind of have the vibe that it's going to get worked out one way or another. They're just not at that point. yet. I mean, you could always just pay him the money back. 
right? Yeah, right like if, if they do restructure his deal, they could like add the whatever it winds up being, like $1.2 million right. if it gets it's to like, that. Like, yeah, Oh, man, right. lost and it's gone forever. He's never going to make any more. Um, the two questions I had about the Cowboys watching from afar, I saw Luke Schoonmaker, the 30-year-old right. uh, rookie tight end, is finally active. Good pronunciation. A lot of people say Shoon. It's Schoon. Good call. Yeah, well, you corrected me early on that, so mm-hmm. you, you keyed me in on that. Um, we educate the people here, some would would say, uh, on the podcast. Uh, so I saw he's activated, and that's kind of interesting because the, from afar, again, the Cowboys' tight end position is a little bit unsettled in the aftermath uh, of losing Dalton Schultz. We'll be interested to see what happens there, so we'll see if he can kind of get in the mix. And then I saw today, Mozzie Smith had a precautionary MRI, which is like a weird, a weird phrase. I wouldn't love that. That's not like the best development to, to pop up out of nowhere. I know you were done. Sorry. You, you <laughs> kind of sounded like you were like you had a second part of that. Um, yeah. So that was reported on Tuesday by Tom Pelissero, Um, said that he had been battling tendonitis. Um, if you like peruse the blog in the boys comment section, like after practices, it's like, well, I haven't seen any Mozzie highlights. Stupid pick. Awful pick. Uh, meanwhile, like, on the other end of the spectrum, Brian Baldinger saying like the Cowboys may have drafted, you know, the next and Dama Kong Su, uh, mm. but like the good one, not the one that Eagles got. Uh, but anyway, uh, I mean, we'll see. Um, you know, the initial word is that it wasn't a big deal. Also in the Pelicero report on NFL Network was that Tyler Smith, last year's first round draft pick, uh, was absent on Tuesday that his back tightened up. He was specific in saying it's not believed to be a significant thing. But during practice, somebody who did practice a different Tyler, not Smith. Um, so we went from Ozzie Smith to Tyler Smith, now to a different Tyler. Um, Tyler Biotish, um had an injury pop up. There's, so there's still like some what's going on with Tyler. At the time of this recording, that's unknown. So um, obviously everybody check out BTB. Um, yeah, I mean, not ideal, but I think right now the panic meter is low until we know more information. Um, there hasn't been a big moment from him yet, but I think everybody's willing to give the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt. All right. Here we need to take a break. Uh, here is the break. Welcome back. While we were gone, Brandon, you told me why you are so passionate about learning how to juggle. Uh, it's because I have this new, did I tell you about my new Apple watch? Uh, I think you had told me that you were planning on getting one. Yeah, because I was a dummy and took my old one into the Chesapeake Bay. Um, Ah, right. And it was a Series 3. And in addition to that, being older, um, it had, I was playing pickup basketball one time uh, across from Pat's and Gino's. I bet you're skilled considering you're six foot five. Like, that's probably a a big advantage for that. Someone like came down on my arm and uh, the, the, like, my screen pot, like, didn't break, but like, it disconnected from like it, it, the screen part popped off of the okay base, I guess, if you will. And I had to Brandon fix it talks for a living for everyone interested. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I had to super glue it, but you know, I don't think the seal was as the integrity was as good as its original factory seal. So I went into okay. the water and I'm pretty sure the water got in there and the watch doesn't turn on anymore. Anyway, um, uh, I got the Ultra, and I'm liking it a lot. It's huge. It's really big, and mm-hmm. I think it's great. And this is the setup I have. If you want to look at it, it's the modular setup. I'm a big fan of like the practicality of it all. I want to see the time. I want to see uh, my battery charge. I want to see my activity ring and the text messages. I don't. I don't like this view. By contrast, uh, I'm pulling up. Sorry, I'm pulling up like the the view where like there's like, like a, so like many an, complications like an analog on it. View. Yeah. 
Yeah, because okay. I feel like the time is so small. It's just too much going on, too much to look at. So this, there you this go. is mine. So I've got big numbers, but like okay. in the court in the corners, I've got the temperature. Oh, what is that? How do you know oh, how much battery? Do you have the battery on there? No, I don't need to know the battery of the you watch. Need to know the battery. I don't need another battery. It'll alert me what if, if it's, it's low. low. It'll well, alert what if it's me. like low-ish. Okay, so what are you gonna do if All you're right, like anyway. out in the world and it, and it's low? Like, oh no, let me go home to my charger right now. Like, no, you're not. Like, it's not gonna change your life or change your function of your day. So the thing that's concerning me coming out of New York Giants training camp is I hear Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt is looking good. I think we brought this up on last week's episode, but I continue to see buzz about him, and that's pretty annoying. So also, uh, Ed Valentine insists that Daniel Jones is having a good camp. Mm. So take that for what it's worth. I did see that the Giants didn't necessarily have a great training camp practice against the Detroit Lions. Uh, yeah. I saw some buzz that the Lions won that practice. At the same time, I did see our good friend Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit, who's a Lions fan, uh, did say that it was a little bit more even than some others thought. So don't know what the full we make of that. And also, it's joint training camp practice. It's not the end of the world. The Giants aren't looking great, and the Lions are generally expected to be better than them anyway. And, um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I saw the same thing from Jeremy, by the way, on the subject of like SB nation wide things, um, starting this Friday, every Friday, Brandon and I are podcasting together again, uh, with our good friend, Steven Serta, uh, from Arrowhead pride. Um, I don't know what we're calling it. Um, I know we've like the talked about ahead, that and baby. not answered it No, Um, I don't know, but either way, every Friday, uh, I guess this Friday we'll review some of the Thursday Friday games, football Friday. Every every Friday, we will review, obviously, Thursday Night Football uh, and look forward um, to the week to come. We'll put together our same-game parlay uh, that we've done in the past. Uh, I don't think that we ever hit on one, mm. um, if, if memory serves. Um, so the bar is low. Uh, so uh, hopefully we can clear that this year. But uh, everybody subscribe to the Espionation NFL Show wherever you get podcasts. You can listen to us every Friday. Uh, I'm also on on Mondays with Mark Schofield and JP. Yeah, no one cares and, about that. Of course, we're showing uh, how about this uh, anyway, from the... Well, I had a, oh, no, no worries. I had a point about the Giants and Lions, but whatever. How about this? Go ahead. It's your dumb thing. View. I'm looking at... So Ed posted, Ed Valentine, our good friend, posted a recap from the Giants-Lions joint practice. I don't think he's there, but, you know, following from afar. Uh, one Giants reporter said, quote, it was the worst first... The worst the first team offense has looked all camp. So, yeah. Uh, certainly sounds like not a good day for the giants and their season is so over. this is weird i think you'll agree with this i think the only thing getting like positive buzz and attention out of giants camp right now is darren waller that's it right like that's the only thing that's like consistently and continually like getting hype and getting mm. praise um well, which is exciting uh, yeah that's fair uh but so like on one hand it's like awesome like the darren waller trade looks like it might pay dividends but on the other hand it's like well why does everybody else suck um it's still early no need to panic but um i do think this is my like kind of big takeaway I think, you know, because we're getting really closer, like, to sort of normal football um, ether surrounding us. And I do mm. feel like the national narrative has sort of started to, like, land on the take of, like, oh, yeah, the Giants are going to regress. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that that was actually what Mark Schofield suggested. And I asked, like, what's a team with, like, regression hiding in plain sight on Monday? He was like, oh, the New York Giants. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it, I do think, like. People thought that all off season long, but now that it's time, like now that now that some people are like back in school, you know what I mean, so to speak, people are like landing on that opinion. Finally. Uh, one thing I did see that's bad about the New York Giants is that Evan Neal has been missing some time. It's a concussion, so that's you know, right. um, a, a tricky injury always to kind of gauge in terms of recovery timeline. But 
kind of like I talked about Nicobe Dean earlier and how important it is for him to be on the field and getting these reps as you need that player to make a jump from year one to year two. Talked a lot about Evan Neal here on the podcast previously. I mean, maybe it's just a blip on the radar. He misses some practices. He come back, comes back. He's fine. But for him to be missing key time here and a very vital, like a very vital player, I think, even more so than Nicobe Dean is to the Eagles' success this year, Evan Neal is a huge kind of X factor for the Giants because if their offensive line continues to be an issue, well, that's probably dooming the team's ceiling. So um, that's one to monitor for them. We've said this many times, but first six weeks of the season for the Giants, Cowboys at the Cardinals, um, at the 49ers, Seahawks in Miami, at Buffalo. Has anything changed? Has anything changed your mind to make you think like, oh, they might win one more of those games than I thought? Well, what is like the optimistic scenario? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, okay, best case scenario is they go six and no, but that's not happening. So, like, what? So, like, forgetting realistically, these are these are the teams. Again, forgetting uh, locations. Cowboys, Maybe Cardinals, Arizona. Niners. Yeah, that one's easy. Um, so then the maybe rest the are Niners Cowboys. aren't good. Let's give that. Let's give the Giants a win there. Maybe the Niners. Yeah, like may, may, maybe there's some slow like start there. Maybe Seattle. Yeah, maybe Seattle's a question. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. maybe the Geno thing okay. is falling apart. It's that's a month they in. Win maybe three. Maybe Miami Tua has a bad. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, but maybe, maybe heart, I don't think I, you can say all of those things. Like I'm saying, yeah. if you're gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, like maybe one of those two things happens between Miami. Or, like I don't think Miami and Seattle and the 49ers are all bad. You can't say all that. Maybe one of those or two of those teams doesn't look good. Um, but that's what like two, three wins there. I think they're. At most? I think they're fortunate to be three and three. I think we. Yeah, agree on that would, that. Like, three and three would be like a really nice outcome for them. They'd be like, yeah, well, if you could tell the if you could tell Giants fans they're going to be three and three in that stretch, I think everyone's signing up for that. Um, okay, let's move finally to the Washington Commanders. Um, I think this. I mean, it's really the only thing we need to talk about. Um, so we've mentioned Nikki Javala. She's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe the best person who covers the Commanders. She does so we, for the we Washington probably folks. Get her on the podcast. <laughs> I know. Well, we might as well do that. Let's let's um let's let's make that happen. We'll do like a group DM sort of thing. I'll be like, hey, tweet Nikki, her, what's up? Tweet at her and then t- tag uh, us let's, too. Let's do this. Yeah, every her to come on the podcast. Every person um who wants to get her on besides mm-hmm. Brandon and I, tweet at her. So her handle is Nikki N I C K I Javala, and we'll we'll make sure we're correct on that. J H A B V A L A. And if you're a fan of the mixtape, you're probably following her. I would guess that like, if you're, if you're this not, level you of be. fan, yeah, uh, she's incredible. Um, so tweet at her and say, please go on the NFC East mixtape with that Brandon Gunn and at RJ and Chuck. Anyway, but make sure to say, please. We always it's have so our manners. If we DM'd her, she probably would, but it's funnier to me if we yeah. do it as a bit where we try to force her to. I agree. The podcast. Um, okay. So I'm not going to read this whole thing, uh, but she tweeted on Tuesday morning. Asked Ron Rivera about Eric Bieniemy. By the way, the same Ron Rivera who RJ has very famously never bought in on. All right, hold BLG, on. This is more BL, about that Eric BLG Bien-Aimé. has. Oh, I disagree. It's, well, I'm excited for this. That BLG oh, has I'm, stood up for. So the question: Have players had to adapt to Eric Bieniemy's intensity, and have any struggled with it at times? I'm gonna skim through this, uh, but so these are the bullet points. Yeah, they have. One of the biggest things is I had a number of guys come to me and I said, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you. As they go, they talk, they listen to him. It's been enlightening for a lot of these guys. Whole different approach. You're getting a different kind of player from the players back in the past. Blah, blah, blah. Guys coming from certain programs, blah, blah, blah. So as a coach, I kind of have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. Eric has an approach and it's the way he does things. And it's not going to change because he believes in it. Jack, who BLG also loves, uh, has his approach. Having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try to figure out a little bit more as opposed to, hey, uh, this is it. This is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff. And then the follow-up question, 
when they came to you, they being the players, it's just they felt like Eric was riding them too hard. And Ron Rivera's exact quote, well, um, they just were a little concerned. So I will go first. I kind of side with the consensus here. Uh, the consensus was like the players are soft. Washington is soft. Uh, like my opinion is that it seems like Eric Bieniemy is coaching them very hard and they do not like that. And to that, I say like, I have zero issue with what Eric Bieniemy is doing. Like go Eric, like Eric Bieniemy has a standard and is used to winning. And it seems like they are not willing to meet that. I definitely think hard coaching. It's, it's not one size fits all. I think there's teams sure. that probably could benefit from more of that approach than other teams. And I do think it's fair to say that maybe the commanders are that given what they've been into new era. And they're trying to lay this foundation in some ways, but they're at the same time. And you look at the concern, like I, I've, I've said this all the time about Eric B It's like, it's the same thing of like, well, how could Nicobe Dean possibly be in the third round? He must, like every team messed up. He's amazing. The Eagles got a steal, blah, blah, blah. Well, like maybe teams passed on him for a reason. And why can't that same logic apply to Eric B Well, maybe teams didn't, hire him as their head coach because there was legitimate concern here. And maybe he doesn't have the best tact when talking to players. And that's not to say that you can never get on players. One of the big highlights of Eagles training camp last week on Friday was Nick Sirianni getting after Jalen Hurts. At the same time, I don't think that's like Nick Sirianni is yelling at the players all the time and kind of has that reputation of being that guy as much as it's that's a button he can push when he needs to. I think it's fair sure. to ask, is that – something that Eric bien does maybe a little too much. Is that more than just a button? And is that who he is? And could that get old? And also, is that the most effective strategy, especially relative to the players? Because certain players need to be coached certain ways too. I think some guys can take the hard coaching better than the others. So you have to figure out how to push the right buttons for the players. And I don't know Washington's players enough to know if that's effective or not. Um, so I kind of wonder about the the bien part. I will say it's kind of weird that Ron Rivera is admitting this and not keeping it in house. That part yeah, I do so, agree with. That's weird, but I don't think it's like wrong what he's saying. So I think like if if we disagree, like and I, to be clear, like I agree with you that like there's tact involved, right? Like you can't coach every player the same way, whatever, blah blah blah. Um, but you know, whatever. If we if you want to call it disagreeing, if we disagree on that, fine. Like again, I think there's multiple schools of thought on that. But yeah, I, I think like everyone is on the same page. You're like, what the hell are you doing, Ron? Like this makes Ron look bad. You know what I mean? Because it's like, first of all, it makes it look like you're not doing anything. And second of all, it makes it look like you have no judgment for what you should or should not share. Oh. It also makes Ron look bad for the culture he's created. And it's also Ron like outing his players. You know what I mean? Now the offensive well, players outing are, the coach. Are, it makes the coach look like he's like a, like a jerk. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, like there's nobody involved with this team that heard this news. And it's like, hell yeah, Ron, way to go. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like everybody's like, dude, you sold me out. Like, again, I have long said that Ron Rivera is an overrated head coach. This feels like I, not that I needed it or not that there wasn't opportunities for this before, but this is some serious vindication for me, at least on this show. Okay. Interesting. I think it's not necessarily the best look for B enemy. Uh, and part of the reason this came up, it, on is, my radar it today, is a way worse look for Ron. Even it, it might be a bad look for B enemy on some levels, but it is a horrible look for Ron Rivera. This is, well, I think this is the first time we'll drop it and excuse me for like, coining or taking your thing this is the first big loser energy of the season like th wow. this is some big loser energy from ron rivera we need a soundboard we need a soundboard to match some of the terms we use here we don't have like one what, 
what would the soundboard be like a different version of our voices saying the exact same words no like when we use familiar podcast parlance so um, there's like jargon, a, if you will like when you say big loser energy it's like, <laughs> like <that's laughs> exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be um, funny yeah I mean, uh okay. i I, I think, yeah, I, I just have questions about the enemy and I'd be consistent about that. Um, How do you not have bigger questions about Ron? That's what I'm saying. Like, at, at least, like, the enemy is showing. Oh, I mean, I don't think he should be their head coach. I think it's a lame duck kind of situation. So I'm already kind of written him off, basically. That's, but this, in part this because makes of the it situation. seem like he is their head coach. Like, what is it? Like, you've. Well, he is their we, head coach, but he should. I mean, like, we, they should start. They have to start fresh. They have to. We argued about this last week about, like, McCarthy and Sirianni, and everybody loved that. And so we were super mature about it. Uh, but <laughs> so, um, but in that respect, like, the argument was about, like, about picking on coaches who do nothing like walk what, what is ron rivera doing for this team that i'm i'm legitimately and genuinely asking this question yeah i don't know I, he's, I, he's I also, only I creating a mess at this point the commanders intimately enough on a day-to-day -day basis to you know have that nuance i think that's something you have to have sometimes to really fully know that answer and follow them daily to kind of have a better sense of that um i think that uh, what i was saying was that part of the reason this is on my radar is because LaShawn McCoy tweeted about it. And LaShawn McCoy was someone who came out, who played for Eric Bieniemy with the Chiefs, and came out strongly against him. And some players, you know, have disagreed with that assessment. I think there's been, I don't know if it's the most credible buzz, there's been rumors over the years that Bieniemy and Mahomes had, you know, they're kind of, weren't always seeing eye to eye in some regard. So I don't, this isn't like coming out of nowhere. It's not just like a total non-issue that's being made up. How much it matters, I think is up to your interpretation. And honestly, it's not the biggest issue that the commanders have going on. The biggest issue is like, do they have a quarterback who can play? I saw today that Sam Howell was looking good in, you know, practice, but like, I don't, what does that mean? You know, is he, I mean, what do you mean? What does it mean? You said he was the most underrated player in the. Well, I'm whatever. saying like, like, is he really like what is? But what is good? Like, is he? Is he? And he also, is it one good day? Is he looking great every day? Is the commander's defense bad? Like, what's what's going on here? I mean, it's, it's nice to see if you're a commander's fan. But is there is there any quarterback who like isn't looking good? And yeah, there probably are some. Maybe Kyle uh, Trask, Baker Mayfield down in Tampa. It sounds like they're not looking good. But how many how many quarterbacks in training camps are like being uh, panned right now? Is looking really bad um my takeaway from washington this week i feel better about eric the than i did before today no so um that's fine. fine um how do you loyal listener feel are you more team the enemy or are you less team the enemy um you can tweet that at nikki if you would like as well uh but you can you should no, don't do tweet, that tweet, tweet. <laughs> well well this was her report like her quote that like sparked well, the don't whole, do like, that unless you already tweet the tweet yeah yeah, yeah. If, if you're gonna yeah. tweet it it has to be your second tweet um so agree with that um okay so uh quickly uh just because we brought this up and i mentioned the timing of it all uh mm -hmm. while we've been recording um it was reported that tyler biotish um has a right ankle injury that is not considered to be serious um so not a big deal for the cowboys thankfully uh i know you were super pumped to hear that should we get to our song choices for this week well i had a quick final thought to get oh, to you i was thinking about this yeah. Went to Taco Bell on Sunday. I Did got you get Mexican pizza, no, no tomatoes. That's the way to I, rock. I got the new uh, grilled cheese dipping taco. I think it's really good. Mm. I would give it an eight point eight out of ten. I stand by it. Now, in fairness, I will say I went to a Taco Bell that I think is like the best Taco Bell I've been to in the past. Like, there, this stuff is always like 
tastes good. It's fresh. It's wrapped really well. Like they do a good job there at that Taco Bell preparing it. And I've had other Taco Bells that I went to that don't always do as good on the quality. So this may have been elevating it to be fair, but I thought that was a really nice experience. And I talked about that more in the latest or two BGN radio episodes ago, I guess. But I will say the thing that hit me as I was eating the other thing that they brought back, it's like the, it's a burrito and there's those red strips in it. You know, they have those red tortilla strips like in the taco mm-hmm. sometimes, the crunchy ones. I'm like, no, we're doing this wrong. Those don't have flavor. They're just texture, but there's no flavor with that chip. What we need to do is get Taco Bell to team up with Takis, Takis Bell, if you will, mm-hmm. some kind of pun there. And I think that's an, an, a killer combo. If you could make a shell, a hard shell that is maybe like Taki flavored or and or you have a, a Taco Bell taco or burrito, whatever, with Takis inside They've done of it. This. They've done it with the Doritos. I mean, like, no, it's basically no, what you're describing. No. No, no, Takis is a different level, and I, I know it is. I'm, I'm just the, saying it's it's the concept's been you know they haven't done enough. the Taki inside of the burrito, and I think they need to do that. So uh, I'm gonna interrupt you because according to the That's associated according to the Associated Press, um, Chase Young says he is quote finally feeling like himself again. So watch out. Um, uh, on a food related note, my uh, pellet grill is finally up and running. Um, wow. I got to use it over the weekend, and holy crap, it's delightful um so okay are we ready for songs yeah uh rachel always punctual um sent us hers uh bright and early on tuesday morning she said her song choice is good life by kanye and t-pain so an excellent song uh great job rachel do you want to go first do you want me to go first what do you want to do yeah it's a good album um uh you can go first um i love how eclectic our playlist is overall i think that speaks (laughs) to the personalities of all three of us um so we don't have anyone listening to this anyone like listening to this all the way through (laughs) i think so um so um we don't have this artist yet i think we need it we need a presence Mm. um we need some kesha uh so i'm gonna go with the song uh we are who we are by kesha okay uh i think that's the official name i'm making sure um well i mean that would be an important detail to have for the playlist we shout out to our friend here by the way who does the spotify so rj manages the apple music side of this but we have a friend a loyal listener and a friend i should say who does the spotify side of things um big shout out to them for maintaining that weekly as just a loyal listener it My is we song, are who we are the letter r by the way so if you wanted to call it like we rj who we rj yeah it's up to you jimmy has this kitten that he took in it's kind of like a rescue jimmy kemsky from btn radio and okay. its name is RJ. It's not after you. It's after his brother-in-law, who's named Ron, and they they're naming they named it Ron Junior. But he says RJ every time, and it gives me nightmares. Anyway, my song incredibly niche could not be more niche. Maybe um, it's called Vital Vessels, and that's not V E S S E L S. It's V E S S A L S for some reason. Vital Vessels Vindicate. It is the last song on the deer hunter that's the name of the band that is uh d-e-a-r not d-e-e-r the deer hunter uh this big concept album last song on the album this is canonically in my opinion the last song that should be on the nfc's mixtape playlist Mm. it is the final song uh i there's something about the lyrics on that song i like there's a part at the end where it goes uh through all of this i felt just the same the flame is gone the fire remains and then it ends okay um well they've all been added um now it's the earliest i've ever updated the playlist um do you know how long we've been doing this 
What do you mean? How long have we been adding these? The songs, the songs. Uh, like, I don't know, like a month and a half ago or so, two mm-hmm. months ago. Almost three. Um, so oh, there are geez. 33 songs between you, me, and Rachel, which would be 11 weeks worth. 11 weeks. Um, uh, but there are 35 songs as a whole. Um, do you know who the t- the other two came from? I mean, Kissed. I don't know. Did we ever add? I don't know if you added Kissed, Kissed in there. Kissed had the first. He was the first, you know, first and outsider. Jimmy. We'll call him that. And then Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, you know, of the aforementioned RJ fame. Um, and we'll get so Nikki's he, when she comes Nick, on the that's podcast. That's the same. Nikki could be the third. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that would be cool. Uh, okay. Um we really should get yeah. some little behind the the curtain talk here in front of the show. We really should get a check in from Ed and Nikki because we need to get we need to get it inside boots on the ground look at some of these other training camps. I mean, I don't know if you listened to the last 47 minutes, but that's literally what we just planned on doing. So, um, I mean, you know, you're like, "Oh, we should do the thing that we already said we should do." So, Did great you job Ed specifically. No, you but it is, it okay. is under, I can't wait to hear what song Ed adds, by the way, when he eventually returns. I feel like he's going to be like, no. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I think song he's going to... No song. He's gonna like, he's gonna no like music. Play, he doesn't gonna, listen to music. No, he's going to be like, well, you might as well, you know, New York, New York. You know, something like that. Like I, I was totally going to say Frank yeah. Sinatra. Yeah. That's a good song, though. So I would, I would, a, I would, well, al- I would allow that. That song has one of the more I hate it because it's associated with the Yankees, but um, I like the beginning is so awesome. Like it's one of the most recognizable beginnings to a song ever. You know what I'm saying? Love They're Sinatra. like, bum, 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 bum. Um, I wow, actually listened to take. that with my friend Jess when we went to New York. Uh, you are a super ago. unique, Brandon, Had in that you it. think Frank Sinatra is great. He's Good great. You. I uh, last thing I'll say, and then we can get a last thought from you. Um, you know this about I just, me. I hate I when people uh, present super popular opinions as their own like unique thing i saw like mm. i hate all the people jumping on the line that brigade. thing you do all the time yeah i never do that uh but so i've talked about tyler biotis who thankfully is okay this upsets me so much and because every person who does this thinks that they're the first person who did this they'll be like well you know i call him tyler badass holy wow. crap you <laughs> dude that is so cool <laughs> you were the first I bet you it is funny how people think that like Like, but like people really like there's different people who really think that they were the first to do something like again that's one example but like the people like I I was in on the Lions before anybody you know I I said they'd win the NFC North before anybody did it's the same energy I feel like when people asked about someone like who has like a cast on let's say oh how did you break your arm it's like yeah you're the first and but they always do it in a way or people do it in a way where it's like you're the first person i obviously you don't you want to know you maybe care about this person i'm not Mm -hmm. saying it's a bad thing to ask but i feel like the energy with which people ask with is like they're the first person to ever ask that it's like yeah Yeah. i've I've had this cast like obviously i'm dealing i've had this conversation four thousand times yeah so i'm super pumped for four thousand and one like i i I applaud people in that situation so like in my example like when tyler biotis is doing like an interview they're like you know we call you tyler bad he's like wow that's good <laughs> wait did you make that up yeah exactly okay that was that was, that was my, my final thought my is I'm, I'm wearing a tasty sub shirt uh i used to work at tasty sub in uh lawrenceville new jersey and they have other locations in new jersey if you're in new jersey and if you're looking for a good hoagie not a sponsor but you should check out tasty sub uh tasty sub backwards bus eat set okay <laughs> put the end screen on now I used to do that a lot in high school. Um, I would I would say words. I'm sure backwards. you did. I don't know why I thought that was cool. 
Uh, yeah, and I remember I'm somebody was like, I'm we should sure. go to Subway for lunch. And I was like, Subway backwards All right. is Yabus. Give me a Yabus. No, just put the, put the <laughs> screen on. I'm done. Thank you. Yabus! Nice.